0: Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast of the Fires of Revival podcast. I am your host, Colton Prater, and I pray today's episode will be a help and an encouragement to you. Please don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast with others. And now for the episode. Um,
1: which has opened up doors for the Agape Boarding School out there in Stockton, Missouri. Three, four years ago, I was invited to come out and help coach soccer. Why? I have no idea. I don't play soccer. I don't really care for soccer. But I, it, was an, it was an opportunity for me to mentor these boys, 140 to 160 teenage boys. So um, they invited me to come back for football camp. It's, it's, it's one week. You coach two teams, it goes every day, and then you have a championship on Friday, and you preach, and you spend time devotions every day, and mentoring the boys, and you have a lot of time with them, and, of course, preaching, chapel, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and just, the Lord just knit my heart um, to them. And so they brought me back. I did a couple basketball camps, a boxing camp, and um, did three football camps. Uh, and then they decided mm-hmm. that they wanted to actually have a 11 man tackle high school football team um where you went you know we went and played other local high schools anywhere from you know 5a powerhouse school with recruits mm-hmm. and bands and i mean you know we play wow. a couple of schools there's thousands of people in the stands i mean they, they take it seriously mm-hmm. um to just 1a podunk schools where we're at like in a in the middle of a cornfield um <laughs> you know played a little bit of everything mm-hmm. um and uh, that was a lot of commitment on my part because I was flying back and forth every single week. Um, like this past year, we did football camp in July. I was back there in August and then flew back and forth every single week until October 22nd. Um, so a lot of work and just a one man show. Like I had a couple of guys helping me, but not like any assistant coaches or anybody yes, who sure. understood schemes. So I had 40 boys there that we were working with and again it's the everyday it's the coaching it's the one-on-one it's the teaching them you know how this affects you in life growing up playing football coaching it you know you know coaching my boys both of my older boys have played football and I was their coach and um and of course just loving the sport you know I've found a ton of ways to inculcate life's lessons into it and character training and that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. um you know so that that's been uh, an amazing ministry opportunity, um, just as well as a bucket list item for me. You know, my wife has always sure. said, you know, if you weren't pastoring, you'd be coaching a football team somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, being able to do both and having a church that was flexible with it, um, of course, I'm here every Sunday. Uh, I never missed a Sunday, uh, but I I have several men who can fill in the pulpit for me in the church. Uh, That would fill in on Wednesday nights. And, of course, I was there to if anybody needed me for anything. Uh, But it it, it was um, exhausting yet rewarding at the same time. Uh, And, again, to this day, so I've been doing that now for a little bit over three years. Mm -hmm. uh, To this day, the average boy stays there for a year. Um, The boy stays there for an average time of about a year. Uh, and to this day, there's probably anywhere from fifty to seventy that I'm friends with on social media that I still that still call me for counsel. That are looking for churches wow. in their area, um, and so you know that that aspect of it has been great. Matter of fact, I'll be out there next week. I fly out there on Monday. They have their boxing camp, and mm-hmm. I'll be out there for a week preaching and
0: being there for that. So. That's really cool. And uh, thank you for sharing that with us. It's a wonderful opportunity, you know, to be able to pastor and coach. I love how the Lord works that out where you're able to do both. And uh, going back to what you said in the beginning, talking about mentorship, something that really stuck out as you were saying is you know, many times we get in our head that, you know, when I'm mentoring and I'm, you know, discipling someone, I'm just training them to, you know, be a better follower of me or a better follower of so-and-so. But I like what you said, you know, you're training them to be the next leader, you're training them to be leaders, you're training your kids to be adults. And I think that mindset shift in our discipling and in our in mentoring of other people, I think can make a difference and, and change how we do a lot of the things because we are shaping people to be a better leader. We're shaping them to be better than us in a sense. And, I and, that, really... and
1: that's so important. And again, I think that's where a lot of people, leaders struggle is they don't want them to be better than them because there's an insecurity. I've said for many years, the two I believe, my opinion, the two fatal flaws of independent fundamental Baptists are is insecurity and pride. Um, I agree and with that. They're just there's such a strong, you know, nobody can tell me what to do, nobody can be better than me at it. I want I want the men in my church to preach better than me. I want them to serve better. I want them to win like I I don't want to put any restraint on what somebody can be for God. I just want to help them get to that level, even if it passes me. Um, And I, you know, I say that for anybody and I look back and I'm thankful for those who invent. Let me give you one silly story Mm -hmm. that kind of that kind of summarizes this. I um, my older brother played baseball growing up a couple of years. I just didn't want to. And then one year I just decided I was going to play. And a kid in the neighborhood who's probably four years older than me, I lived in a circle, a little court, and he came up to me and he said, so you're trying out for baseball? I said, I am. He said, what do you want to be? I said, a pitcher. He said, you want to be a pitcher? I said, yeah. He said, well, you better practice. I said, well, I'd love to practice. And he said, well, he gave me, you know, let's start tomorrow, bring your glove. And so he would let me pitch to him. And I remember the neighborhood kids, and I love my brother to death, but including him, he was like, you'll never be a pitcher. You'll never be a pitcher. It's the hardest to be a pitcher. And this kid's like, he can be anything he wants. Like, I can remember this. He can be anything he wants to be. And I'm going to help him. I missed the first practice because it was a church night. It was a Wednesday night because you don't play ball. You go to church. And uh, so the very next night, the coach said, is there anybody else here that still wants to try out to be a pitcher? Well, I raised my hand. He goes, come on up. And my mindset was, I'm going to throw it as hard as I can. I don't care where it goes. (laughs) I just want to throw it as hard as I can. And I threw the pitch and it was a dead on strike and it was a great pitch. And both coaches looked at me and said, okay, so we have another pitcher now in one pitch. I was the pitcher. And so I pitched that year. I I played and I was a pitcher. And I remember again, my older brother, you'll never make the all-star team. You'll never make the all-star team. And I made the all-star team <laughs> and that, you know, again, and I love my brother. He'll listen to this, mm. you know, at some point, um, he's one of my biggest, biggest friends and followers and fans. now. I love him to death. Uh, and, but, but that, that, that other boy impressed me so much that I couldn't believe that he was willing to take the time to invest in me. And I would have never become, even as a little boy, that pitcher, if it wasn't for that neighborhood kid believing in me. And I am a full believer that even though I'm, you know, almost forty-nine years old, anybody that I can cross paths, whether it's at the boys home with hundreds and hundreds of boys, or it's if I'm preaching out of town at different churches, at different teen conferences, at different schools, that that one time that I have to make contact with somebody, I want to be that person that let that that they know that believes in them. And they can do whatever the Lord wants them to do.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of even just mentoring and shepherding people, you know, a lot of times we think, you know, you got to have the right formula. and You got to, you know, have this discipleship program down and this and that. Those are good things. I'm not saying we shouldn't have those. But I believe a lot of it, honestly, is just the fact that the person you're mentoring just knows that you believe in them. And just that simple little thing does a lot more than I think the many times we realize it does. Well,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, the greatest example being Jesus. He Mm -hmm. came not to be ministered unto, but to minister unto many. You know, Paul said, I will, I would rather spend and be spent, Um, you know, and that's just kind of been my philosophy. I just, I just want to invest in people and I don't have the biggest church. I don't have the biggest influence, but it doesn't matter. If I can reach one, I'm doing something. If I can reach another one, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing what God called me to do. And I love every second of it.
0: That's wonderful there. And going on to our next question here, kind of transitioning from minister from mentorship and that sort of thing, we're going to transition into Bible reading, something I believe is very important, and it's something that on the podcast I'm going to try to emphasize this year because I believe it's something that's needed. But uh, what are some ways that us as listeners can maybe get all we can out of our Bible reading? And I specifically thought of this question for you because I know uh, on social media you were posting about this past year that you tried reading your Bible to. I believe it was once a month, if I'm thinking correctly. Yes, sir. so. Uh, I just thought this would be a good question for you to answer on ways that us as listeners can get all we can out of our Bible reading and maximize that and just get all we can the Lord and have for us out of our scripture reading.
1: It's a great question. Just absolutely mind-blowingly important. Exactly. Nobody, (laughs) nobody is ever going to make it for the Lord if they're not in the Bible. I don't care how much talent, charisma, personality. How many people they went to the Lord? How many visitors they bring? How, like, you've got to have time in the Word of God, and I have done it a thousand different ways. Um, there is no one set way. There's mm-hmm. just not, and so I don't want anybody to ever feel like, oh, you know, I didn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. If it's look, if you can read a verse and it speak to you, that's good. You know, the problem is the average Christian doesn't really do any Mm. from Sunday to Sunday. And so, you know, there was a time when I would, I would put a Bible verse on a three by five card and I'd memorize that verse. Um, When I was in the seventh grade, I memorized the entire book of Philippians. Mm. Um, memorized a lot of other passages and chapters and that kind of stuff from all over first Corinthians 15. Just, I mean, just, just all all over, Mm -hmm. um, in Bible college, just schedule, it was really tough. I would just try to focus on getting through the Bible in a year. Um, and there's two ways. There's two ways. Because if you read the Bible a lot, for instance, you mentioned I did something this year that I, uh, I've i not done before. I read the Bible through once a month, every month for the entire year. So that's 12 times reading through the Bible. And immediately, immediately response is, responsible. How much do you think you retain? I, I, I'm going to ask you, I probably didn't retain a lot. But here's the thing. It's not about how much uh, how much you get into the Bible it's how much the Bible gets into you. Yeah, it's true. And so reading it 12 times, I got saturated with the word Mm -hmm. of God In preaching. For instance, we're doing the book of Romans on Wednesday nights. Man, I'm reading these passages over and over and over and over and over and over. Years ago, uh, I challenged our folks to write out the entire book of Mark, handwritten on a college notepad, just write out the entire book of Mark. And my boy, my oldest son, Grayson, was one of the ones that did it. And he, I mean, you're, you're, you're probably going back seven, eight years. And he said to me, it was, it was crazy how much more he understood the book of Mark. Cause you're looking at it, mm-hmm. writing it down, looking at it, writing it down, looking at it, writing it. So you're staring at one verse, five six seven eight nine ten 10 times as you're writing it down. Sure. And you, so there's just a better retention. Um, but to me, it, it's ha- do something, H- mm-hmm. have some kind of a plan, do something, read a chapter a day, read five chapters a day do something read a proverb you know the 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 age old a proverb chapter a day for 31 days there's so many different things you can do and there's so many reading plans out there i mean growing up i didn't have that because there was no such thing as the internet so you know if there wasn't Mm -hmm. a chart that was handed to you you know you didn't know you didn't have one to follow you just kind of winged it um but there's so much out there uh and there's really no excuse I mean, I preach a message on how to read your Bible and in that I break down numbers um, as really it, it's it's sad. I mean, 30 minutes a day, you're going to get your Bible read through and I believe it's four months for if you just wow. spend 30 minutes a day. If you're a slow reader, which is about 200 words a minute, it might take you six months to get through your Bible. But if you're an average to fast reader for, you know, 400 words a minute, you're going to get through it even faster. Um, and again, not that you have to, but do something like I, I'm more, I'm more ecstatic about a Christian coming to me and saying, you know, I read seven chapters this week. That's awesome. That's better than reading no chapters. Exactly, you know, so, you know, you're going to get out of your Bible reading what you put into it. That's you good. know, there are pe- there are people who journal. They have a notepad next to their Bible reading. And as they read, they write down questions that come to their mind or thoughts that apply to them. That's awesome. That's more of a Bible study, but that it is a Bible reading. But I, the Bible tells us to do that, too. I have a preacher friend who every time he reads his Bible, he turns what he reads into a sermon. That's his own personal challenge for one year to do that. So, again, there's so many different things. But to me, just have a plan and work it. You know? You'll know, you get something out of it if you read it. And here's the thing. This whole idea of, you know, what are you getting out of it? What are you get? Look, I'm going to go home tonight. My wife's going to make me a meal, and I'm going to enjoy eating it. But I have no idea what all she put into it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you what ingredient she used for everything or what seasoning she used. All I know is I got it in me and it's nourishing me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the more I read the Bible, the more it nourishes me, the more it cleanses me, the more it edifies me, the more it convicts me, the more it rebukes me, the more it encourages me, the more it helps me and more it strengthens me. Why? Simply because I got it in me. And so read, just read, just sit down. Now I will say this, don't read your Bible with, your AirPods in or the music playing or while you're eating a bag of Doritos or while you're watching the football game or while you got music playing, or, you know, don't do it then, you know, if you're going to read your Bible again, you may not be able to remember everything, but you ought to set up a scenario where you can retain because if anybody's like me, or if you're like me, there's times I've read a chapter or two. And then it dawns on me, I didn't, wasn't paying attention. while I was reading, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then so, yeah. And, and, and everybody is, but mm-hmm. the idea is to not have any distractions plan that it doesn't have to be the morning. You know, it can be in the, like whatever your schedule allows i got to get up and do it first thing in the morning. Not everybody can do that. I hate the mornings with a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain does not work in the morning. My brain doesn't really work throughout the day either, but my brain doesn't <laughs> really work as well in the morning. So if I read, I'm going to be lost after, after every five verses, so I'm an afternoon, uh, uh, evening type person where I'm going on all cylinders. Um, but again, it all comes down to know yourself, know what works for you and then do it. And stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. If you love the Lord, you'll be in the Bible period.
0: It's good right there. Everything you said, I agree with that. It's good. Simply just making a plan, I think a lot of us fill up that part and we think, you know, I'll just read a little here, read a little there, and I'll be fine. But there's no plan, you know, being put in place of I'm going to read this every single day, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to try to commit to this plan and try to get the Lord's help and getting this plan accomplished. Because many times I think we don't plan to read our Bible, and then we don't plan, we fail to, and then when we fail to, it kind of builds week after week, and then the next thing you know, we haven't read the Bible in a month, two months. That's it. That's it.
1: And then we get discouraged, and then we feel like we let God down, so then we just stop doing it. And I mean, yeah, if, it's a like, day or, if a day or two goes by where you don't read it, it's okay. God knows there's going to be times when we fail him It's get up and just start reading it again.
0: Just get back into it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it builds in almost like a snowball effect where it's a little, you know, we've gone three or four days. That builds to that fifth and the sixth and the seventh. And then even the opposite, if we are reading it every day, that, that habit gets formed. And next thing you know, by routine, we have ourselves opening our Bible and a reading systematically and, you're, and exactly right. snowball effect. you're exactly right now transitioning off of that we're kind of moving changing gears here a little bit how can us as a podcast audience listeners and myself how can we better pray for you uh your family and your church and feel free to let us know about your family your wife and kids and your church if you like and just how we can better pray for you all sure
1: um one of the unique things about uh our a i'll start with our family um again we have six kids we homeschool. We've always homeschooled. My wife graduated from a public college with a degree in elementary education, uh, and she has always, from the time she was in the fifth grade, wanted to homeschool her kids. She has reports where she was in the fifth grade, and she said, "I want to marry a preacher, and I want to homeschool my kids, and I want to have." <laughs> I think she said like, "I don't know if she said eight kids, ten kids, twelve kids, something like that." We ended up we ended up with six, uh, but we still got the homeschool. And she's married to a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, she is, she's an amazing woman in that way. Uh, she literally, when it comes to being driven and focused and a plan and initiative and leadership, she, I can't keep up with her. She is literally, she is the standard setter in our family when it comes to that. She's just, she's just has oodles and oodles of leadership. Um, and one of the things that drew me to her back when we were dating, was uh she wasn't just a christian woman she was a christian woman who knew what she believed and could back it up mm-hmm. That's good. and that blew my mind because i dated a lot of girls at bible college and they were what they were but they couldn't tell you why they were just mm-hmm. looking for that husband degree and they were happy being at home. And that's fine. I have, I have no issue with that. But what I appreciate about my wife is when it came time to have a theological discussion, she was ready to go because she knew her stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so the Lord has used her in many, many people's lives uh, just because of that drive. And that, that drive pushes me and it pushes our kids as well. Um, and then uh, uh, so here we are. We we homeschool. um I travel a lot, of course, with coaching. I also own my own moving company. I own my own business. I've done that for nine years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's family owned. My brother does it with me, my brother-in-law, uh, my kids, just others. And so we've done that. And that's, I mean, you're talking in the summertime anywhere from 80 to 100 jobs a month. So very, very busy, not like two mm-hmm. or three jobs here and there. You're talking, this is something that I'm on the phone with every day, scheduling move jobs and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, so by vocation on that area, now the church takes care of me full time, but this is just taken off. Um, yes, and so uh, there was a day when I did the jobs. Now I don't have to, thankfully I have crews that do them and that makes it easier. So I have that aspect. And the most unique thing about our church is in 20 going on 21 years, we've never owned our own building. Uh, we've been in many different buildings and again, I could take a whole another hour to tell you all the crazy stories of churches, buildings being offered to us and then taken away and organizations promising us money to get a building and then taking it away and, you know, telling a church, we want to buy your building. If you ever decide to sell it and they say, that's awesome. And then they sell it to somebody else. I mean, it's (laughs) crazy. It's (laughs) crazy. So we've Mm -hmm. always been in a church building. We've always been in a church building, but we've just rented from them building we're in right now we we've rented that for about four years um and we use the building more than they do they have one morning service a week while they're having their service we have sunday school throughout the building and then they leave and we take over everything and sunday morning sunday night wednesday night activities revival meetings ladies meetings prayer you name it we have full use of the building um, my office is here is so where i'm at right now uh, and so if there was something specifically that you Would pray for my church. It would be that that if it's the Lord's will that we'd have our own building. Yes, sir. Um, That's just always been a big deal for us. Uh, Pray as far as our family, just pray for our health and to continue to follow God's will. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and however He leads, you know, we just we want to be in the center of God's will. Uh, And so, you know, that and our health, just for everyone to stay healthy and do what God wants them to be.
0: For sure. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I would challenge you, podcast listeners, to. Begin to pray for this family and for his church that so the Lord would continue to use them, keep them safe, and they'd be able to find a church building and that all that would just work out and just pray for them in that area. And then last question here for you, Pastor Beaumont, the question we ask every guest that comes on. And that is could you share with us what your life verse is and just take a minute or two and just give us a challenge from that verse? Sure, I'd be
1: more than happy to. It's first Samuel chapter three and verse number 10. <coughs> Excuse me. 1st Samuel chapter 3 verse 10 it says and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times Samuel Samuel then Samuel answered speak for thy servant heareth I think that that verse has always been powerful to me it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning my mindset has always been I just want to serve I just want to be a servant. One of the greatest compliments that God gave anybody in the Bible was Moses. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of being a servant, again, the scripture I quote, he came not to, mi- to be ministered unto, but to minister unto many. That's serve. Sacrifice and serve. Paul, I will gladly spend it. be spent serve. All throughout scripture, we're told to serve. And, you know, not, not looking for the preeminence not looking to be in the limelight god has given me some wonderful open doors and opportunities where i'm looked at in positions of leadership whether it's the football team the boys home my church working with uh uh um, diff- or preaching out at different mm-hmm. conferences and schools and just the ability to mentor like god's given but i'm being and i don't say this to be To be a humble brag or to sound fake, I'm blown away that God would ever use me. I know who I am. I know who I look at in the mirror every day. I know my failures and my faults. And the fact that God would ever use me is absolutely mind blowing. So there is nothing beneath me that I won't do when it comes to serving God. Uh, And that's exactly Samuel was told when God calls, just say, speak, Lord for thy servant heareth. And that's just been my posture uh, for as long as I can remember is just, Lord, I'm your servant and I'm listening. I'm your servant. I'm your listening. I'm listening. I'm not a CEO. You know, the word minister itself, I'm a minister. That means my job is to serve, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think about getting burnout. I mean, there's balance and they don't get me wrong. There's balance. Um, you know, there's times that I gotta take care of myself and, you know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So, you know, I've, I've got to take better care of my health, which is the focus of mine. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I just, I love the opportunity to serve people and I don't look at it per se as serving people. I'm serving God. I'm serving the Lord. And there is, there is nothing better than doing that, whether it's behind a pulpit or whether it's in a pew just amening another preacher and encouraging mm-hmm. him or text message or anything, just any way that I can find to be a servant and to and to just to, to you know, uh, I think that is 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 so
0: necessary uh, in our walk with God. Yeah, and I agree with that great challenge there from first Samuel. And I hope everyone listening takes that to heart. I know that those some things the Lord spoke to me on that verse that you were sharing that with us. But thank you for coming on, Pastor Beaumont. It was a blessing and a privilege, and I got a lot from this. So thank you for it. And just lastly here, do you mind to close this episode out for us in a word of prayer? Nope, I'd be happy to. Thanks
1: for having me on. I hope I hope I can be a blessing and encouragement sure. um, to your listeners, yourself, anybody that has any questions. It was neat to find out that you're down there in Shelbyville. I love your preacher. We went to school sure. together. And, of course, the Lamont family are dear, dear friends sure. of mine. And I actually – I actually preached at your church at the scripture conference last year. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, I was at college. I missed. I wasn't able to make it down to the conference, but I heard you did a good job and everything. So, nope, I enjoyed
1: it. I, I enjoyed it. Great church. Great church. Surely, let's pray. Father, Lord, we're, we're so grateful, Lord, for the opportunities that we have to share, Lord, about ourselves, Lord, and not as far as anything we've done, but Lord, just how good you are. Lord, I'm grateful for how good you've been to me, Lord. I, I am probably one of the least deserving ever. Uh, Lord, but yet you keep giving me opportunities, and uh, Lord, just pray that, Father, we stay faithful to you, Lord, continue uh, to bless this podcast, Lord, be it for the Colton, Lord, as he just tries to be a blessing to others and minister and let people see some insights in people's lives as they just, Lord, want to lead by example, and Lord, just pray you continue to give him wisdom, bless and guide him, Lord, in all that he does, in Jesus' name, amen.